Welcome to 7investing. I'm 7investing lead advisor Steve Symington and you're in for a treat today. I'm being joined by the chairman, CEO and co-founder of iRobot, Colin Angle. Colin, your accolades are too many to list. Uh, I followed your vision for the robotics market and personally owned shares of iRobot for more than a decade. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to be here to chat with you. <laughs> so first things first, uh, I, I wanted to start by talking about some of your more recent results and mm-hmm. challenges. So your latest quarter, uh, by any measure, was really phenomenal. And, and even if the market's reaction didn't indicate as much, but one of the most striking stats for me was that while total revenue was up 43%, online sales jumped 70% to represent 60% of total revenue. So Obviously, the pandemic has helped contribute to e-commerce growth, but I'd like to know, has your success in online and direct-to-consumer sales changed how you think about your brick-and-mortar strategy? So iRobot is um, moving to emphasize um, our direct relationship with our customers to a greater degree. So it's uh, the shift is definitely partially driven by more people working from home, uh, but it's also being driven by investments we're making uh, in the type of products we're building and the tools we have to reach out and serve customers online. Um, going forward, our goal is to continue to have great growth in retail, uh, but also support great growth online. And so the um, uh, what work from home and COVID did was accelerate our strategy um, and really put some rocket fuel against the um, percentage of revenues that that's, um, iRobot can transact with directly uh, with their customers. Okay. Um, so I know um, tariffs ha- have posed kind of a, a unique challenge, I guess, moving that direction uh, for your yeah. business. Over the last several months, I know you guys were able to secure an exemption uh, that's currently valid through the end of 2020, correct? That's correct. Yeah. So some of those trade policies could obviously change with the new presidential administration, which looks like that's what's going to happen. But how do you think about navigating uh, tariffs and and that unique challenge going forward? You know, both the um, current administration and the future administration have indicated a desire to um, remain uh, tough on with, with uh, their trade policy with respect to China. And so that um, what we don't expect is for the uh, Biden administration to um, immediately roll back tariffs. In fact, right. um, you know, we're uh, gave guidance that that uh, reiterated the fact that the tariffs are coming back on January 1st, and that's going to create a gross margin headwind mm-hmm. uh, for us in 2021. Um, we are committed to moving and, and uh, in the midst of moving to manufacturing to Malaysia. Uh, and so that by the end of 2021, the tariff challenges we're currently facing, we think are going to be largely mitigated, irregardless of whether uh, there's an opportunity to um, get an additional uh, exemption on on a go forward basis. Okay, so yeah, and and you started in Malaysia, I I believe with some of your entry level robots, correct? Yeah. And, And, uh, And 
still is where we are today because unfortunately there are travel restrictions of even getting into Malaysia. So we're doing everything we can outside of Malaysia to try to make sure that once travel is allowed, we're able to go and stand up uh, lines that we honestly have, have, are pre-building so that they can be ready to be deployed as quickly as we can. But um, the pandemic is very, very real uh, and uh, has certainly slowed down the um, uh, that shift of manufacturing um, by at least six months. Yeah, so uh, yeah, a harder challenge uh, than it it would seem from an investor's perspective, uh, and then really complicated uh, by the pandemic, really. So uh, mm -hmm. that will be interesting to watch it play out. Um, now, shifting gears a little bit uh, to iRobot's business on the whole, uh, and, and one of the more common um, skepticisms or criticisms that I see from bearish investors is that iRobot might be too narrowly focused uh, on Roomba specifically in the robotic vacuum cleaner market. Now, some worry that's a crowded space, uh, but you can also make the argument that that alone leaves you guys a pretty decent runway for growth. Um, but since divesting your defense and security business and the more recently spun off Ava telepresence segment, um, how, do you, how do you answer the skeptics that you might be too narrowly focused right now? Well, first, looking at the robot vacuuming market, we're still at very low penetration rates. Um, you know, 10% in the US plus or minus, uh, lower penetration outside of the United States and Europe and, and Japan, other major markets. Mm -hmm. uh, and as the popularity and the inevitable future that floor care is going to be Roomba and a hand vac um, continues to grow in momentum, we're incredibly excited about the growth prospects within our core category. Yeah. And the technology we're bringing to market uh, in our new products and with our iRobot Genius Intelligence platform, um, we feel like we have a framework for actually extending the, the lead we have over our competition because our customers are asking us, we want more control yeah. over where the robot cleans. Uh, autonomous is not good enough. It needs to be interactive. And this is where iRobot's uh, deep investments in machine learning and AI are uh, starting to really pay off for us because we can give that to the customer. And so there's a lot of differentiated runway in front of us on dry floor care, on wet floor care with Brava. And this direct relationship with the customer that uh, I mentioned earlier, uh, as of the Q3 call, we had 7.8 million opt-in direct relationships with our, our, our installed base. Mm -hmm. uh, we're creating an increasingly large population of iRobot users to sell other things directly to. Uh, what we found when we launched the Brava uh, uh, floor mopping robot was just um, the expense behind building yet another new product category um, was really challenging. But if I can sell directly to an ever-growing installed base, 
if I can sell a robot that on the day you take it out of the package will already understand your home and know how you like to clean and where are the problem spots and so forth. Um, we're going to have a, um, uh, a very rapidly scalable opportunity for diversification. So Roomba is healthy, probably healthier than it's been in years, plus Brava and plus this direct opportunity to transact that we're building. Yeah. So, um, you know, you, you essentially answered what would have been my next question. Uh, you're talking about your strategic priorities. I mean, uh, that's fantastic. So, and, and you touched on that during, during the call last quarter, uh, when I listened in, um, really a matter of differentiating, uh, your cleaning experience, that genius launch, and you only just launched, uh, it was the genius home and intelligence platform, I think is, is what the name is in September, correct? Right. It's, it's, um, it's very new, but um, within a couple of months, we'll have the next version out. I mean, this is an area where iRobot is investing substantial percentages of our, our R&D budget. And uh, an iRobot user should expect genius, major genius updates every three months on a go-forward basis. And so that, um, well, that initial launch was incredibly exciting with precision, uh, clean zones, plenty on tables and, and many more ways to schedule. It's really only the beginning of what we're going to be rolling out. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that's one of those things that, uh, that I've, I've always admired and something that I think investors should really look for is, is how much of your money is going toward R and D, especially for a company in, um, in a robotics, you know, high innovation, business like yours, I think in years past, if memory serves, uh, you guys were putting at least 12% of, of revenue every year into R&D. So, um, you know, and, and that adds up uh, fast in the network effects of that, that growing group of consumers. It'll be exciting to see. Um, so back to Genius specifically, uh, mm-hmm. you launched Genius in September. Uh, that stands out to me as a, as a really big step toward allowing Roomba to serve as a sort of unifying intelligence uh, to insert spatial intelligence, intelligence into the smart home. Now, the, that's a mouthful. Uh, but can you elaborate on that idea that of, of kind of a unifying intelligence with spatial awareness? Sure. One of the challenges of making a smart home actually smart is the complexities of programming. And right now, um, you know, if you get a smart light bulb or a smart thermostat, um, having the devices sort of work as in precisely intended, to, you know, a thermostat to change the heat, mm-hmm. um, that's pretty straightforward. But when you think about how can these different smart devices work together to make an environment that is responsive to you, the occupant of that house, well, that's really hard and beyond the reach of, of most consumers. With Genius, um, we're starting to do some really interesting things. One of the key parameters of a good vacuuming robot is what is its its mission completion success? That means Mm -hmm. when the robot leaves the dock, what percentage of the time is it going to successfully come back? One of the amazing things that we found was by far the number one reason a robot would fail to come back is that the user turned it off. (laughs) 
That's and and that's a really big problem, right? Because yeah. not only you know worse than getting stuck, the robot just annoyed you and you killed it. So uh, as we thought about how do we solve this problem, we've been developing technology to say, well, what else is going on in the home that we could learn about or keep track of with the permission of the user to find better times to clean. And so if your home has thermostats, which actually have room occupancy sensors, or if you have a, uh, a connected alarm system or a garage door opener, Roomba can actually find these things and, and recognize that there might be an opportunity to do something better. And say, you know, if it's between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. and the alarm goes is set, you're probably out of the house. Should I clean then? And you can say yes, and the right thing will happen with the genius software. But that's the first step in doing something even cooler because we're now suggesting smart home automations, which all you need to say is yes to, and the technology does the rest, and suddenly your house has new capabilities. And right now we're focusing them on the robot, but as we move forward, there's no reason why we could do things beyond the robot, which gets me back to uh, your question. iRobot is developing the technology to allow Roomba to help the smart home program itself. That's fantastic. And I, I think that's really what everyone's asking for, whether, whether they know it or not. Uh, and uh, and um, I personally can't wait to see, you know, not only what new functionalities um, your platforms enable, um, but I, I also know I'm not alone in wishing I could see uh, an iRobot Terra mower kind of scuttling around my, my lawn and taking care of it. And, and I know from following uh, your efforts over the past few years, it was no easy task uh, to build Terra, uh, your robotic lawnmower. Uh, and you initially hoped to launch it on a limited basis this year, uh, but 2020 being 2020, <laughs> you've, uh, you've shifted gears a bit there uh, on the lawn mowing opportunities. Uh, can you elaborate a little on your thinking when it came to putting Terra on hold? So. Uh, at the beginning of the year, we had to go and make some hard choices as to where our priorities were going to be. And then with work from home, driving this acceleration in our online business and the real value that gets unlocked as we see these rapidly growing numbers around our opt-in connected user base and the opportunity to invest more in monetizing that user base. We realized that we needed to take a breath, focus on the direct, build this direct-to-consumer channel um, so ultimately products like Terra could be sold and scaled more efficiently. Yeah. And so that um, on our last call, we tried to make it clear that Terra is currently off the table. Um, we're not uh, you know, it's at least, uh, you know, a year out and um, uh, we are um, uh, really focusing our energy on building this high leverage direct to consumer channel, which is going to drive growth and gross margin, 
around our Roomba platforms, as well as opening up a very efficient channel to market. Sure. Um, so that's that's one of those things. Uh, you know, I, I've I've read some speculation um, from bearish investors saying, oh, you know, they they just didn't think Terra would be able to compete. It wasn't differentiated enough. Um, you know, to be clear, that's not the case. Uh, not the case. Just just uh, I think an, an astute decision on your part to put it on hold and focus on uh, things with higher promise in today's environment. So. Um, I, as much as I want that lawnmower, I, I'm sure we can hurry up and wait for it. So uh, one of the things um, you said a long time ago uh, has, has stuck in my head as well. Uh, as I think about your strategy for commercializing uh, robotics and, and now home robotics specifically, um, but I think it was, it was maybe seven, eight years ago, you said we need to pick applications that have real concrete value to c- customers, deliver and exceed on their expectations and move on. Um, when it comes to potential new product categories, what other kinds of, of tasks and applications do you envision iRobot eventually tackling? Can you share, uh, even if it's years or decades away, we won't hold you to it, but. Sure. I mean, I, I think that, you know, we started this conversation around the smart home mm-hmm. and, uh, as I think about the smart home, I actually use the, uh, the term meth. So smart doesn't really mean anything. In my mind, what people actually are looking for are homes that can maintain themselves, Mm -hmm. that are efficient users of energy, that are secure, and that are healthier places to raise one's family. And by building systems that can deliver this automatic maintenance, this efficiency, security, and, and health, uh, I think we're finally going to see this smart home blossom into uh, the potential that people had wanted it to have five years ago. Mm-hmm. So iRobot is is incredibly focused on, okay, well, what do we need to do that? And right now, it's all about the intelligence of the robots. And so that the iRobot genius is focused on how do I become a better partner with my owner? Um, how do I uh, learn the language of the home so that you can talk about, hey, can you go clean up the kitchen? Can you go clean up the, in front of the, the uh, couch in the TV room mm-hmm. and have that trigger the right actions? And, and by building this intelligence, we can apply it to many other different uh, types of devices more advanced robots, other kinds of, of household devices, uh, and sequ- you know, incrementally over time, um, bring, your, bring the intelligence of your home up. And so ultimately, your home is a robot in effect mm-hmm. in service of your well-being. And then you take the next step and say, your home is a place which will allow me as I get older to age gracefully at home for much longer than I could before. Because ultimately in my mind, that's going to be the largest application of consumer robots that the industry sees, uh, the extension of independent living at home. That's a, 
It's a wonderful vision, uh, a la Jetson's, right, as, as we, we go on uh, with the years. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've seen, I've noticed your, your new marketing campaign uh, on TV is focused a lot around uh, those specific applications, like uh, clean up in front of the cat, you know, spill some cereal on the floor, um, TV ads and everything. Should be uh, an interesting holiday season, I think, an opportunity for you to uh, really build that base of connected consumers and, uh, and, and take advantage of that network effect uh, to serve as kind of a cornerstone for your longer term vision. So uh, looking forward to it. And, uh, and, and thanks again um, for iRobot, uh, Chairman, CEO, co-founder, Colin Angle. And for anyone listening out there, uh, iRobot's ticker is IRBT. They trade on the NASDAQ exchange. Uh, Colin, thank you so much for taking the time today and, uh, and sharing your vision with us. My pleasure. Great to talk to you again. Mm-hmm. So for 7investing, uh, I'm lead advisor Steve Symington. We're here to empower you to invest in your future. Thanks for listening. A reminder that people on this program may hold positions in the companies that are mentioned. Buying and selling stock carries financial risk, which could include the loss of capital. The views in this program should not be taken as personalized advice. Before acting on any of the information provided, listeners are encouraged to consult a financial or tax professional.